You are now listening to an all-new episode of The Last Men Potting. I am your host, Ahmad, back this week with my co-host, Steve, and together we make The Last Men Potting. Steve, how the fuck you doing this week? You know, I was listening to last week's episode. Um, I definitely have to quote more Bible verses on the podcast. So I'm definitely Why? like a, a well, because that's the thing. I'm like, I'm not quite Joel Osteen. I'm like a dysfunctional version of him. Like if Joel Osteen was just like evil black Joel Osteen, like Joel Osteen comes on yeah, yeah, the power of Jesus Christ. I'm just like, yeah, nigga, get a job. Like, stop bullshitting. Put the fucking blunt down and go get some shit done. You're telling Joe Olstein to put the blunt down? No, I'm saying, like, it, see, that's why it didn't even work. Like, fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah, it didn't yeah, work. yeah, yeah. See, you got to explain work. it too much. That shit did not work. It just didn't work. Keep that keep shit it, in the comment section. Keep it in the comment section. It sucked. This is what I do. I, yeah. I, bomb, I bomb hard. We, we scrutinize it. Everything doesn't work. It's fine. Yeah, that was trash. That was. I don't care. Like you can keep it too. Like people need to see the flaws. People need to see that I'm not perfect here. So like, like I, I don't saying, think like, I don't think anybody ever accused you of being perfect. That that I, I don't saying, even think that was an issue that we were discussing. To, when it comes to the funny, I would say ninety five percent of the shit that I blurred out is is relatively solid. That's just the five percent there. That's what you think. Fair enough. It's just the five percent. Well, shit. Tell the people in the but keep in the comments. Uh, if the ratio is fucked up, is it is it more than ninety five? Is it less? I think you might be like in the five out of ten range. But Damn, that's yeah. hurtful. That's pretty painful, dog. If you're shooting fifty percent from the field, like who, who's shooting above fifty percent from the field? You know, you know what the problem is though, because you edit out a lot of the shit that's not funny. So you're probably correct. Yeah, I'm skewing your percentage in the right direction. Like it is what it is. This is stream of consciousness. So look, yeah. Yeah, well, you need to take time to you know get a hold of that stream. Think think that shit out a little bit. What the fuck? Like Netflix doesn't do that. Like why do I have to do it? Yeah, Netflix stock is in the toilet. Like (laughs) you won't follow the (laughs) Netflix gonna get bought out. Like you go follow the Netflix gameplay. Like good, fair enough. Good luck with that shit. Netflix, Netflix didn't have their foot on the gas for the past ten years, and now they can't find the break. Like they're in trouble over there. Hey, let's get to the topics, man. How does it go? You making me feel bad? Like you just making yeah, me feel bad. You're making me feel bad about making, making me feel bad for just a good five minutes. So you know you're not funny at all. <laughs> you just you just a stupid. I just think like, we have to keep the shit in perspective. Like yeah, everything yeah. that comes out of my mouth isn't gold. Like I know that, but see, I hold yeah. the edit button. I told you people right. only know about you what I let them know about you. You lucky. Yeah. Like I I should start leaving some of them bombs in. They gonna Why be, not? Yeah, yeah, I don't care. Well, like, see, you making me, you really making me feel bad. You hit me with the icebergs, bitch. You're not fucking funny like that. <laughs> you know, you know what's funny? Like, Nas dropped the new album, and like he was on there talking about dope. Like, nothing comes before the family and shit. And I, like, now automatically, anytime somebody talks about family or or not putting things in front of their family, I just think, bitch. Like, bitch. Nothing comes before the family. Bitch, yeah, like, ass material. Real, yeah, like real P talk, real P talk. Yeah, but stick to um, the topic. But getting into the topics this week because we got a lot of shit to talk about. Not a lot of time to talk about it. Um, you know, I think it's always good to start the episode off on a positive note, where we're trying to give people their flowers while they're still here. And and this week, Steve wanted to bring up Nicki Minaj 
And we talked about Nicki Minaj not too long ago. You know, go see, you know, our old work on our YouTube page where we had that whole discussion. But Steve wanted to give Nicki her flowers because of the monster verse, which I can't say that's really a hot take. I mean, everybody knows what she did on monster. So I was curious as to, you know, what perspective you were going to come with on this. You, you know what, though, when I listen, because I, I usually do my drinking on the weekends. <laughs> So I always listen to music a little bit different when I'm. I, when I, I'm I like how you said you usually do your drinking on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like I, I, I don't always drink on Tuesdays, but what yeah. I do, like, it's not yeah. in moderation. See, but I like that, right? Like, we, we talked about that before the uh, podcast. It's one of the Steveisms. We have to have the Steveism, right? Like the aspect. It's like I say shit like this. Like I usually do this, that, the theory. Like, <laughs> so, so what's the? Steve-isms. Yeah, yeah. Because like I, I pointed out to you, I'm like, i like, you say the aspect of a yes. lot. So what is the aspect of your drinking? Is the aspect of it is um enjoying my motherfucking self, you know. <laughs> There's nothing to it, you know, but <clears throat> that, that has been established. To... Yeah, that's clear. Yes. Now that we've established, I'm enjoying my motherfucking self. Well, it, it's not a hot take at all. It, this is one of those things where we talk about giving flowers. So we're reiterating things that were great at a time where it might be in the back of people's minds, but they might not have thought about it in a while. So I think like when I was feeling the vibe of what she was doing and how she was doing it, it was like that competitive aspect of hip hop where it's like, I'm on this shit with these niggas. I'm going to do like the materialistic style of like, you listen to like Jay-Z, right? Like uh, uh, imaginary player type. Um, what's the joint? Uh, where, uh, I can't think of the song right now, but like just how she structured the bars and just the craftsmanship of the technical skills. Like you listen to like those first couple of bars, right? So I'll like eat your brains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, that 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 verse is definitely different. Um, and that verse is one of them one of those times where I say, I don't understand why we didn't get her classic records. To me, you know, Moment for Life and some of her other big hits, like Super Bass and all of that, those are pop hits. Like that's not you know, what we're talking about when we say classic. I'm not going to take her flowers away, but when you say get, get, give them her flowers, I think Nikki has gotten the appropriate amount of flowers. I agree with that. Let's talk about that for that specific verse. I really... Uh, well, I yeah, got... then like like I said in the beginning, that yeah. verse has got its respect. Like, you know, you, you, no, you, might, had... just, you might just be late to the party on that one. It was very late. Well, first of all, like I said, I was drinking and I was like, wow, I really enjoy this and I wanted to bring it back up, you know? But, so let's re- so so we should rename the segment that this isn't give them their flowers. This is this is hard. This was hard when I was drunk. Why, see, why the fuck would you do that? It's just like what I did with the animal behavior thing. Like that doesn't have a nice ring to it. Like giving them flowers sounds much better. But I will say, like Nikki being a forty year old uh, a woman, like she probably should stop uh, rapping about how wet her pussy gets because it's, uh, we all know it's only so wet that forty year old pussy could get. So like that's no good. Like you might have to switch it up. Uh, let's yeah, I, I'm just gonna move on from that. I'm not even. I'm I'm not even gonna add to that. I'm probably gonna take that out. Like, like, like you see what I'm dealing with, people. Like this this nigga has no hope trading. Like he just he just goes on. He just on and on. The bitch did like it's her. Like why do I get blamed when people are out of order and I just address their out of orderness? 
That's not my fault. Yeah, what the, I, I mean, just, that's that's fair. That that is fair because she did bring it up. Um, you know, I just don't well, think I don't think it's a good look for us to just yeah. be talking about like how dry or not her her <laughs> vagina is. Like, what was this shit like? Oh. On the podcast that uh, the audio is lost and will probably never even be put out, we were making fun of her Creed radio joint. Uh, yeah, Brutus, it's it's so bald, it's bald. Yeah, that that was no good. That that was no good. Well, because the problem is like just with um with sex in general in hip hop, like it's just gotten egregious. Sometimes it's like. It's like, why are we talking about how much pubic hair you have or don't have? Why are we talking about the wet or unwet your stuff is? It's like, at a certain point, it goes beyond wordplay. Unless you're going to come up with something real clever, you should probably steer clear of that type of shit. Because then you start getting into this this category where we got to we gotta start questioning the logic behind the bar, like Steve was saying. Because, you know, like T.K. Kirkland has a bit, he's like, you know, I don't date women over 40 because they're always saying, cut the ceiling fan off. So it's like, th- then we got to start looking at your bars in that aspect. That's what I'm saying. You tried to paint me out like I was a bad guy for saying that. Like, I'll just... I analyze the world and what's around me. Like, I'm trying to. Yeah, because a broken right. clock is right twice a day. It's like certain shit is understood. You don't gotta point it out. Right, like that, that. That's that's that goes back to when <laughs> we were talking about Aries. It's like we know what Lizzo looks like, bro. Like you don't gotta point it out. Like you being a bully. You being a uh-huh. bully. So look, you you um, over there bullying Nicki Minaj. Like that's not the vibes. That's mean. Nicki, I want to give you an apology. I was having too much fun. I'm sure the pussy is wet enough to get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> to get the job done? <laughs> to get the job done. Oh, my God. Oh my God. All right. All right. See, they're going to cancel us before we get started. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm just, that's the fuck. You can't let me talk for so long. I'm just going to dig an even deeper hole than myself. I was like, <laughs> like, you thought the nigga was going to say something polite and potent. It's like, nah. Like, he just kept going further and further. So, moving on. We wanted to have a different kind of conversation this week about something that we're all like Steve and I are always talking about off mic, but we wanted to figure out a way to bring this this type of conversation on mic. Um, we're we're always talking about spirituality and the different aspects of it, um, and how people have these different perspectives and how those perspectives have evolved over time. And it's always interesting when you, when someone has these types of conversations publicly, if the listener isn't on the same, you know, frequency or whatever level, however you want to put it in terms of spirituality, sometimes things can sound a little odd. What sparked this was, this is from a couple of years ago, but a classic internet clip, if you've never seen this, Terrence Howard uh, was at the Emmys and he spoke about retiring from doing acting because of, he re- he called it, he opened up the flower of life. So without further ado, let, let, let's go to Terrence Howard so you can hear from the horse's mouth. But I've spent 37 years pretending to be people so that people can pretend to watch and enjoy what I'm doing when I've made some discoveries in my own personal life with the science that 
you know, Pythagoras was searching for. I was able to open up the flower of life properly and find the real wave conjugations that we've been looking for for 10,000 years. Why would I continue, you know, walking on water for tips when I've got an entire generation to teach a whole new world? That's a big remark. Like that, this whole idea that he opened up the flower of life. The shit that that has stuck with me since the first time I heard it was, he said, why would I keep walking on water for tips when I got a whole new generation to teach a whole new world? And, you know, he didn't retire from acting. Like I looked at his IMDB, he's got some shit coming up. He's done some shit since then. But that whole idea of, you know, having a revelation so intense that you say, I got to walk away from all this shit because it's bullshit and it's nonsense. Um, that that resonated with me because like, I, I'm not there like where I just feel like I'm, I'm going to walk away from society and say, say fuck everybody. But um, there are just like certain things. Like once I arrived at certain conclusions in my own life that there's certain shit that I just like cold Turkey. It's like, all right, I don't engage in that bullshit anymore. So, so I felt what he was saying from that perspective, but like, what, what did you think of, you know, what he was saying in that area and as a whole? Well, the thing is though, I think people still have to be humble with whatever revelation that you come up with, because the fact that you're talking about, you have a whole generation to teach. It's like, like you're just a human being. It's just your perspective. Cause to be honest with you, I don't want, like, yeah, we on social media, so yeah, followers, but I don't want you following me back to where I have to go after I'm done giving you the game. It's just take it. If you can use it and do something with it that's positive, good. If you sit back and say, oh, yeah, Steve ain't shit, whatever he talking about is nonsense, I'm good with that, too. But I'm never going to sit back and say, like, oh, yeah, I have to teach you. It's like, look, it, I'm going to say what I got to say. If you get something from it that's positive, cool. If not, look, I understand that too. But I never understood the, the aspect of people who want to claim that profit stuff so much. Like, I don't, I don't really get that. Well, I think that that comes from you know human beings have this natural inclination to relate things to ourselves and then try to put that shit on other people, and it, it just like becomes dogmatic. Where I feel like for Terrence Howard or for for anybody, it's like if you come to a certain revelation about life or whatever it is and it improves your quality of life, cool. But there's a thin line between when you're when you want to share that with people saying like, yo, this is some dope shit that I found out that worked for me. Then to say, like you said, like now I got a whole generation to teach people. And he obviously probably fell back from that a little bit because he does have some acting shit show um, showed up. But like he went on to say that, like, you know, gravity is a myth and that he um can was going to prove that on his YouTube. Now, it was like an hour and a half. I didn't sit down to watch it thinking gravity's still real. I, I don't know where he's at on that. Um, You know, Terrence Howard, please fill us in. If, if uh, you know, you have debunked gravity, we are all individuals and unique. But when it comes to things like spirituality, people like to forget that. And they just like to say like, no, like this is the path. Like, and if you're not on this path, you're fucking up. And not saying that he was saying that, but in general, that that's that's usually the vibes that people put off. When you take that route, if you read anything about any prophets, whether it's biblically or um, any like spiritual book, like most of those prophets, like they wanted to kill those guys. 
is like, oh yeah, this is the truth. It's like, ah, oh, kill him. Like you're telling me not to eat pork on a Saturday. People don't want to, like a lot of times, whatever you perceive as truth or whatever you say, okay, I'm a medium for whatever uh, deity or whatever. Like people going to look at you like, man, I don't care what you talk about. I'm comfortable with what I'm doing. So if people want to do the profit stuff, look, I guess I don't want to be a pro. I have my perspective. I don't want you niggas following me back to the crib after I'm done the pod. Like, just go check out the podcast. I gave you the game. You take it out whatever you want to with, uh, with, with whatever you want to do with it. That's just my perspective on it. You know, actors are always a little bit eccentric, though. Um, at the risk of getting edited out, like, why does Terrence Howard sound like an 85 year old grandma? <laughs> baby, the flower of life, baby. <laughs> Shout out to Terrence Howard, though. I'm not going to keep uh, going on. I don't want my producers to get bad and never give it extra work. Insult the people. Yeah, I, I mean, like, <laughs> it, it's like, that, that was just a light shot, so I'll, I'll leave that in. It was a light but, shot, a little, little yeah, jab. Yeah, like, like, like just, know, just know if y'all are watching this shit, the, the shit that makes it is light. Like, yeah. and, and if you think it's extreme, trust me, it's light. The shit that gets left on the cutting room floor yeah. would have Steve like doing a Senate hearing. Like the, the whole idea of the flower of life, like he called it, opening it up properly and all of that. Um, do you think that at a certain point, some of those quests for knowledge or enlightenment or whatever can be a little futile? Because you started out, you know, you say, all right, I, I opened it up. I see, I looked around, saw everything was bullshit and not, now I got to quit everything I'm doing. And then, you know, you kind of rein it in after like the newness of that wears off. So where is the line between, you know, saying, look, I just found the absolute answer and th- th- this is what it is and I'm changing. And then saying like, no, nah, like, I just got a new perspective. I, I added some shit. I added some arrows to the quiver, but I'm not necessarily just changing everything about me as a person. Um, that's a loaded question. I always think too, you know, whatever you want, like how the human mind works, right? Like, the, you know, the flesh is weak. So it's like, are you doing this just so you could get out of whatever responsibility and duty that you currently have just to be like, oh yeah, all like all my current responsibilities are bullshit. Like this is, what I need to be on, the nothingness and just sitting under a tree with a rock hard phallus doing this shit. What's the this shit here? <laughs> so I you know, like I said, I, wait, wait, wait. Where the fuck did the rock hard phallus come? From? What's that fucking statue that they can be like this? You know what I'm talking about? What is that Confucius or whatever? He's just sitting there just doing this shit here. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know what Confucius. I'm talking about? Yeah, like he's just sitting there and just like can't get his rocks off, thinking too hard about some nonsense. So, I don't know. Is Terrence Howard doing that or, like... Well, I, I, I think it does come down to sometimes, like, if you're going on TV and you're talking about this shit, you might, like... I'm going to lean towards you probably not as enlightened as you saying you are because the enlightened people, they're somewhere being enlightened. Like, they're, they're not talking about the shit. Like, they're, they're just somewhere, like, living in... And Nirvana or wh- whatever you want to call it, uh, I-, I don't think you're you're like yelling it from the mountaintops <laughs> if you've transcended the self. You're just somewhere living a transcended life. I do think that there's something to like you said, like I've been playing so many other people all my life. 
there might be an aspect of he don't even know who he is because he's been so many other people. Like, you got to wake up every day and be another nigga. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, we don't ever really talk about it too much in quote unquote black Hollywood. Um, you know, some of like the more thespian type actors, because I definitely think Terrence Howard falls into that. Like he has all these different like little weird characters in him. So like I, I do think that's interesting. Like like he said, you know, pretending to be other people, like what does that really do to your mind at a certain point after a while? Like maybe maybe that does like make you detach from reality to a certain point where you say, like, look, I gotta go like, you know, study the shit Pythagoras was talking about to like reground myself. Um, cause like that, that acting thing, that it, it, it's a tricky thing because you, you've seen it like with guys like Heath Ledger to the point where, you know, he died from being on painkillers. Cause like, I, I think like playing that Joker character was just so intense for him. And you hear stories about, you know, uh, guys like Daniel Day Lewis that like, you know, when he's done doing a character, it feels like a part of him died to the point where he, he walked away from acting. So um, maybe that, that, that's a little bit of what Terrence Howard is talking about. He's just, he's so good at acting that it was just like, look, like I got to take a break from this shit and, you know, see if gravity's real. (laughs) Yeah. I guess like, you know, you've played so many psychopaths. It's like, you know, like you said, throwing your son in the trash. What'd you say? He threw his son in the trash. Yeah, he put his son in the trash can. Pilot of that 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 episode. Um, and uh, you know, even that pimp from uh, heart. Uh, it's hard out here to be a pimp. What's that shit called? Hustle and flow. Like yeah, yeah like that was a wild dude. So Ter- <laughs> Terrence Howard, Terrence Howard got some. You know, he got some shit in there that that, that had to come out. Like yeah. so, I, I think I think we can. It's safe to say gravity is is a force. And that, uh, you know, I, I don't know what he's saying about the platonic solids. I, I got to look that up because I'm always trying to learn some new shit. I'm you not know? That's uh Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go read about some platonic solids. I'm going to come back and talk to y'all about that shit. What's and ter- and ter- Terrence Howard, you can come over here and chop that shit up. You, you know, know? We, talk, we talked about uh, Hustle and Flow. What's your perspective on uh, Taraji P. Hampson? Like, prime Taraji, like, what what are we giving her? Like, what do you think as an object? As, like, as far as what? As far as an object, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> said as far as an object <laughs> all right so what, and, what the fuck do you think also her acting <laughs> skills what, like how great are well her we, we were just talking about acting and then you just detoured <laughs> yeah. but no like taraji look all right so i'm gonna say this as respectful as possible yes like as as a woman you know attractive wise i think taraji definitely was attracted attractive you know in in, in her heyday um, you know, you if you've ever seen Baby Boy is one of my favorite movies. I think Baby Boy is very underrated. If you've like we had the DVD, you know, as, as a young man, there's the bloopers on the DVD during the sex scene. Tyrese keeps messing the sex scene up. I think particularly so he could, you know, be in the bed with Taraji a little bit longer on some shit. Like, it's like, come on, nigga. Like, you only got a couple lines here. Like, you don't got to keep fucking this shit up. So, like, you know, Taraji was that pressure for a little while. But, you know, she she's an older lady now. Like, you know, she's still, she I, like, she ain't ugly or nothing. But, you know, she 
she's not she's not Pam Greer level in her prime yeah. or nothing like that, but like she definitely wasn't. I think if you go in that, if you go with the the actresses of that era that she would have came up with, I don't think she's like a Sanaa Lathan, uh, Nia Long level, but she's probably a tier below that, you know. You know, like yeah. if you walk if you walked in with Taraji in O two, I don't know what people gonna say, but they're not gonna say nothing bad. Right. Yeah, like they, they're gonna be saying like Steve, you fucking up. Yes, yeah, like the, uh, <laughs> right. she she fits the baseline. Like she's no, she's above your baseline. Well, like not she, my baseline. I'm just saying yeah, she's definitely above yeah. your baseline. Like she's above your baseline. Like whatever. I mean, she's above the the general baseline right, too. Right, right. Like, she's above yeah. average. Yeah, 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 she's definitely above right. average. Like if, if that's right, what you're yeah, asking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what's the art? Is it? If that's what you're asking. Like, that's what you sound. Yeah, like. yeah. If, if if that's what you're asking, yeah. Like that's, she's that's definitely above, she's definitely above average. Like, but she's not like you know. Well, last question though: Taraji versus Lori Harvey. What do you think? Like, I'm kind of torn. I don't know. I think I'll, I think I lean towards Taraji. I think you're getting the yeah. same reaction if you walk in the room with Taraji in her prime or Lori Harvey in her prime. I'm just like, yeah, mm-hmm. she's cute. Like, right. I don't really get the fascinate. Like, I think Lori Harvey just rhymes, so she's made a lot of lyrics. Like, you know, like Meek and. And future, and, and I don't know who else was rapping about Lori Harvey, but it's like there's a lot of shit that can rhyme with Lori. There's a lot of shit that can rhyme with Harvey. I don't think she's necessarily so fine that she's warranted okay. to be in all of these songs. Like that—that's what I think. And I just think rapper niggas are groupies. Like you know, they all do the same type of shit. You know, Ross told you we all fuck the same hoes and shit like that. So like, I don't ever look at Lori Harvey like like she's like the baddest thing out here. I never did. It's all coming for cir- circle now, right? Because in the pimp book, Sweet Jones, it, right? There's a term where he says, uh, "Let me pull your coat, Slim," meaning like, "Let me give you the rundown." So he tell when he's pulling Slim's coat, he's telling Slim, uh, "A pimp is just a hoe that reverse the game." So it's all coming for circle now. A rapper is just a groupie that has reversed the game. So we've uh, broke down life. <laughs> And yeah, like, like yeah, like these these mainstream rappers. Yeah, that's they're, they're all groupies for for the yeah. same for the same chicks. They all chase behind the same chicks. They all wear the same clothes, same cars, go to the same jeweler. It's, it's like they don't have taste. They're like, oh shit, that's expensive. That's an expensive yeah. chick. Let me get that. That's an expensive car. Let me get that. Lord, Lord, like yeah, like. I'm not gonna get in line to get Lori Harvey behind no. y'all if I was a rapper, but you know, like if Lori Harvey hit me up, I you know I might see what she talking that, about. That's that's how I feel. It's like I'm not, I'm not like rescheduling the podcast to fuck with Lori Harvey. <laughs> I was on IG the other day and a commercial came up with the game. Hey, yo, I'm just getting up and ready for my workout, but I got good news. Good news for me and good news for y'all. So check it out. Listen up. If you received a stimulus check and have over 10K in credit card debt, you may also be eligible to get up to like $8,673, no cap, or more back in your pocket through this credit card interest relief program. Pick up the phone, call the free number now, man. My mind went in 10 different places immediately when the game tried to sell me a debt relief credit card. It was like one, 
you know, I, I don't knock anybody's hustle. Shout out to the game if that's how you got to get your buddy in 2022. But it's like, why would I take the game's advice on a credit card was my first question. And then two, who is the person that says, oh, shit, the game is endorsing a debt relief credit card. Let me jump at that. And three, how much are they paying the game to sell me this shit? Commercials have evolved, right? You know what that sounds like? Hey, you, sit on the couch. Uh, <laughs> I love that baby. commercial. That, yeah, shit, sit- that, that shit reminds <laughs> me of, like, fucking... Hot fries yeah. and fucking pringles yeah. and shit. That that's that 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 brings back instant memories of childhood. Exactly. It's like, hey, you sitting on your baby, like in between Maury and shit. It's like, yeah, hey, Maury, he busted me five times. That's his baby. You are not the father. So it's evolved from like you know, in between like telling niggas in between like the Jerry Springer and the Maury, like to where it's like, because it sounds like some Ponzi, uh, excuse me, Ponzi scheme type. I got to get a speaking coach. <laughs> Ponzi scheme where it's like, hey, let's get like niggas have bad credit. Let's get um a rapper in there to tell them about credit. Like it's it sound like some deride type, like, you know, get down with this program right quick or whatever. But like you said, if that's how you gotta get his money, like I'm not mad. I think the things that you endorse and the things that you're trying to do has to make sense. But you're doing it for the check. Like like I said, I can't hate, you know, hustle, get what you gotta do out of it, I guess. Yeah, I'm just confused by who, like, I really need to meet the person that sees the game. They like, yo, the game told me to get my credit together today on, on IG, so I'm going to get my credit together. Because I, I know that person exists. Because whoever <laughs> paid the game to do this shit, they obviously had, they've obviously done some marketing research that said, if we put the game out here, that's going to, re- that's going to reach a certain clientele. And, and like you said, it's that modern, version of that you know, you spend all day sitting on the couch anyway it's like yo you spend all day swiping ig anyway so you might as well swipe up and get your credit together while you at it i heard somebody talk about the hustler spirit like it's just you have to do stuff like anything i was listening to 50 cent one time one of his songs where right? it's a funk flex song and he said if my record sells like this is what he said now if he, he said, if my record sales slow, slow I'm going to show you my dick. That's what 50 said that. So that's what rappers are on, I guess. Yeah, like, I promise God he said that. He said, my records. I believe you. I believe you because I believe you because I'm not going to Google that. Like it's a um song um ju- called Just Too Much on a Funk Flex mixtape with him and Paul Wall. Paul Wall killed that shit too. Shout out to Paul Wall. Yeah, well, a fifty has only like if fifty needs to do that, there's an OnlyFans now for fifty to do that. So, but fifty got so many licks, it's like you know, I don't know what year that was, but fifty needed to see it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think fifty but, need to do that. He he's on like yeah. the, he got the whole power universe going. Like he, he right. Shout um, to 50. Transitioning from that, you look at somebody like Nas. Just dropped King's Disease three. Um. He's still moving at a high level. Now, I don't want to break down the album. The album just came out on Friday. You got to let that shit breathe. You know, see where see where the quality really lies after multiple listens. But if you looked at Nas's career maybe 15 years ago, you know, he had a couple of duds. Like he had... Or he had albums that had a little bit too much filler, you, like your Nostradamuses, your Streets Disciples, 
you know, the, the, the nigger album wasn't his best work, you know, a lot of misses on a lot of those projects, even, you know, five years ago, you have that, that, um, album that he did with Kanye that just wasn't it, but then he got with hip boy, you know, you get a little run going. So I can't say you have to, uh, you know, Drake, Drake should just hang it up. He, he's out here swinging and missing, on, on a lot of shit, but at the same time, there's some there's some songs and some verses on that album with 21 where he sounds pretty sharp. So I'm not gonna tell him to you know you know hang it up and yeah. you know go away. But I think you definitely have to lean into you have to figure out a way to start being original again because um, you, if you want to rely on other people's sound too much, that that's not gonna be good. Like what Nas is doing on this project. It's not the most original content wise because it's a lot of I used to do this and that and the third when I was in Queens, but there's still, you know, all right, let me get with a young producer that's going to liven up my production. And he's messing with his flow a lot on here. He's using a lot of different flows. He's telling stories. He's bringing in different sounds. There's horns, there's jazz. Like this isn't. You know, it's 17 tracks, but I didn't get bored during the 17 tracks because he keeps changing what he's doing across them. And I think that's all you can ask the artist to do at this point. But also don't go so out far. Don't go so far outside of yourself that you start alienating your audience. Yeah, I mean, well said. Like like you say sometimes, you know, someone says it all and <laughs> there's not too much to really add to that. So, um yeah. Um Yeah, I I think like this this King's disease thing um it, it it's been it's been great to see just seeing like how Nas is, has been putting out so much volume cuz he never really did that throughout his career there was always these gaps between his albums where you know he would go a couple years and you know the long, that long gap between life is good and I don't even remember the name of the album he did with Kanye because Nasir. It was called Nasir. Oh yeah, sorry. So the yeah. self-titled, the self-titled album. Um, but I saw something interesting online where somebody said if Jay-Z was dropping, if Jay-Z dropped this many albums in five years, people would go crazy. And uh Nas had a point on the album where he said sometimes he'll be sitting there listening to bars from takeover analyzing bars from takeover and he'll text hova and say nigga this ain't over so what do you think about like those two guys still being compared so closely because jay has you know i don't think it's coincidental that jay-z has dropped something on a lot of nas release dates in the last few years and there's like there's still that comparison between those two, and I think Nas is kind of separating himself, like in in this later part of his career, with with the output and the quality and the rapping ability still being there um, at this late stage. Like when you look at their their discographies, like I think Nas is it's it's growing. Even like say King's Disease is his last album. I don't see how Jay-Z's discography compares anymore. Yeah, I mean, when you look at uh, the comparison, they're always going to be compared together. It's like 80s, you know, Magic and Bird. Like, that's kind of when we think of, you know, their contemporaries, their rivals. So in regards to catalog at this point, I would definitely say that uh, 
you would probably say before, <laughs> probably before the 2020s, like Jay-Z definitely was, you know, a little bit further ahead. But I think Nas is kind of starting to close that gap a little bit in regards to just the, because it's like when you say longevity, like he's able, and I, told, I said this about the first King's disease, it's like how he's doing a better job of integrating his style with some of the younger artists where you wouldn't think that Nas would be able to do a song with a Don Tolliver or um, Lil Durk, but like it's it sounds good, it sounds seamless, and it doesn't sound forced, where Nas is bringing his style, his element, and uh, those other guys are bringing what they do. So um, you definitely got to give Nas credit how he's been able to evolve the sound and still sound great, um, you know, multi-generational in, 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 in different areas that he's been in. Yeah, because, um, you know, he, he's still on there talking about how many summers he's been doing. He, like he said, he's going on thir- he's going on 30 summers. And, you know, Jay-Z's still around. He, he He's dropping verses and, and shit like that. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little biased because I just like Nas more as a rapper. I prefer his music more. Um, and, like, these albums, like, th- this album specifically, I, I think it's very good. Uh, you know, I, I definitely have to sit with it you know, longer than a couple of days to see how how good some of these songs actually are and if they hold up. But if you go off the last King two Kings diseases, they've been out for a couple of years now. Like them shits are better than Jay-Z's last, you know, three, four efforts. Definitely. Right? I mean e- easily. Like I-, I think up until you'd have to go to American Gangster to get a Jay-Z album that's better than something Nas has dropped since Life is Good. Well, mm-hmm. aside from Nasir, because because Magic is underrated. Like M- Magic, just he just snuck Magic out last year, and like that that shit is sneaky good. See, but I don't even mind Nasir because the songs that I like off of there, I like them a lot. Like I like Adam and Eve. I like Bon Jor. Um, I like even White Label. So I don't know. You be shitting on Nasir. I like that album. I I think it's okay. I yeah. mean, like when something seven tracks, all seven should be good, and they're not. Yeah, but like there, there's there's way too much Kanye on that album. That's the problem. I you, think you that's don't the you don't problem. need Cop Shot the Kid. You no. don't really need some of the shit that's happening on the Not for Radio song. You definitely don't need him singing on everything. That's no good. Um, and yeah, like. Kanye has been the worst part of everything he's been a part of musically. Uh, look, we, for, the, we get for the last like five. There's to no years. need to even. We are. We know Kanye emptied the clip. Like, let's get off that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, I know really, he he's going through a lot right now. That's like, what I'm saying. Love do the shit. We 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 already did that. Let me to bring that back up. We know we it's like. Why would you just get on a Nas track and just fuck it up, like, or just get on a Pusher T song and just like just for the sake of fucking it up, like, and, and, and like for no other reason. And like Big Sean talked about that with the Blessing song, how that song it was already long because I think Big Sean has three verses and Drake's doing the hook a couple times, and Kanye just forces a verse on there, like just to you know you know, for publishing or just to be relevant or whatever. It's like, bro, you're making the song worse. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> hey, go play somewhere. Like, we're busy. Killer. 
Let him do the shimmy. Let him do that. Yeah, like go go over there and do a reunion tour or something. Like like see what consequences doing and go out there and perform the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm sure somebody at the Roots picnic wants to hear that. Like I think you know, get out there and do Grammy Family. Like I I, I think he burned. Don't him. don't come over here and start fucking shit up. Well, the problem I think he burned all those bridges. Like I don't think him and Ryan Fester are friends anymore. Or consequence. Oh, I don't well, have GLC. Yeah, you never heard from GLC again. G- no. GLC. Yeah, who knows where GLC is at? Yeah. Like GLC, you know, we might have to uh do, do a segment like the, the rappers that just disappeared. There's like GLC, a mill, um, pill from MMG, like all of Judy these people K. where where it's just like once the label head said you're never gonna hear from this motherfucker again, yeah. you never heard from them again. Can we get that Nas drop? I heard crack back back in the studio. Like I feel like that's just appropriate for that uh, segment like that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard crack back back in the studio. I I think King's King's Disease Three is dope. I but also you know my give them their flowers for this week is uh, Hit Boy. I think Hit Boy has shown um, his production ability consistently over the past you know, decade plus and, and just his ability to like give the right beats to the right artists where he doesn't sound the same on everybody's shit. Like the album he did with Benny doesn't sound like this new King's Disease album. The shit he did with uh Gibbs doesn't sound like this. The shit he did with um Nipsey doesn't sound like this. The stuff he does with Dom um, so like he's definitely shown that he's 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 way more versatile than I originally gave him credit for. And I, I think these albums ha- have shown that. And he, you know, I think what makes a real producer, and Nas talked about this on the track, Michael and Quincy, saying that like that's the connection him and Hip Boy have at this point, where you're bringing different he's bringing different shit out of Nas, like because you know, as much as I like Nas's albums and some of those deep cuts. Like some of those, um, some of those deep cuts are, they're a little like clunky and shit like that. Like on, on hip hop is dead and, and streets disciple and Nostradamus. Like, I think those are the reason why some of those songs don't work. Cause like there's good rapping on there, but it's like the beats make it hard to find a, a pocket for the hook and shit like that. So I think Hip Boy has just found a, be- a a good way to produce for Nas, especially with the beat changes and shit like that. Like he's he's like got Nas like rap like rapping different. Like and I, I think that's why we've gotten so many albums in these last couple of years from them those two because it's just like there, there's something that Hip Boy does in the studio that that's like inspiring Nas to rap, and a good producer is always going to do that. You, I think you get that from you know the Alchemists of the world, the Pharrells, the Timberlands, and you you have to start saying Hip Boy in that conversation. Well, shit, you know you're a producer, shit. It's it's a mod and Steve. It's like you know you chef up some clips, you know the game, you know what I'm saying? Like so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So you know what it is, you know, game recognized game, shit. Yeah, it's, it, there's 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 something there. Like both of them have something, and together, you know, when when it comes together, it's you you get you get something special. So yeah. shout shout out, shout out to those dudes. So you know, we we don't talk about sports a lot on the podcast, but I did want to talk about Israel Adesanya because last night he lost his middleweight title, um, and he lost it in a fight that he didn't have to take against a guy 
with way less MMA experience than him, but they had a history. So they, he ended up fighting him and he ended up losing to this guy for the third time. I thought he was going to win. And he was up on the scorecards, was looking like he was going to win the fight, lost in the fifth round. Um, but he was willing to take the risk. And after the fight, he talked about how it's all a part of the game. You know, he he took a swing and a miss and that's all right. Like he'll go and, and try to get his revenge on the get back. So, you know, you see that. And then at the same time in combat sports, boxing, you see Earl Spence and Bud Crawford can't get their fight to come together. And at this point, it looks like uh, Terrence Crawford is ducking the fade. So what do you think it is that makes certain guys say, fuck it, I'm going to go for it, take the chance, you know, take that, like, as Israel Adesanya said, dare to be great versus the guys that want to play it safe and don't want to take those chances? Yeah, I mean, it's almost a catch-22 because I think that everybody – looks at the guy that has a lot of ambition and takes those risks. And if it doesn't pan out, now they're looking at you like, oh, you loser. But at the same time, now if you're not doing enough, now people are looking at you like, man, look at this. I mean, look at LeBron James, right? LeBron says they want to win a championship. He shoot, uh, switches teams and then they try to invalidate his championships to a degree. So it's kind of like, it's really kind of a lose-lose where you're a hyper-competitive, great athlete, but I think the payoff of being able to take that risk and to go through with it, you know, now they put you up on the pantheon of like, oh, wow, look at this guy. He battled this and that and this. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if you want your name in the record books, you know, you got to swing for the fences. You know, like doubles, singles and doubles ain't going to cut it. You know, you got to try to hit that home run. Yeah, because like Israel Adesanya, he's not a guy that's afraid to take chances. You know, he he'll get French tips put on his nails. He'll say dumb shit like this in an interview, trying to trying to get his little bars off. Trust me, he knows I put him on skates last time, and this time when I put you on skates, I'm gonna leave you frozen like Elsa. Like, what what, what is that on the one to five? Uh, I get three point nine. He could have done better than that. No, that's <laughs> no, that's a, the lowest is what. Like, <laughs> what? Like you, you can't you can't tell another man that you're gonna put him on skates like Elsa because yeah. it's like, bro, why are you watching Frozen? I'm kidding. I don't even I don't know who Elsa was. It just sounded good in the movie. It, no, it did not sound good. Like that, that's a Disney kids movie. Like he, yeah. he was referencing a kids movie, and then, and then he, he had the nerve to, to double down on the shit. No, he don't have no kids. You have you have to double. If there's one thing that we've learned on the podcast today, is that you have to double. No matter how terrible the jerk is, always double down. Mister Israel, you did the right thing. Yes, I, I think that that microphone skill. We talked about it a lot. We've talked about it a lot with wrestling guys. You know, and I I don't want to take a a detour into wrestling, but those guys like that ability to cut a promo on live television is an underrated ability. And sometimes you see these fighters that don't have the ability to do that. Like, you know, you have your Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, Mike Tyson, Ali. Yeah, like Conor McGregor, like those type of guys really great at it. Like in the moment, I can just say some fly shit, Um, you know. Frozen like Elsa just ain't it. The only re- saving quality for that shit is 
he did have a moment where he almost knocked dude out. And I remembered that bar and I was like, all right, well, at least you followed up on that shit. So I might be able to give you a two for that because like you stood on your bars and like, you know, you, you, you rap what you live, but at the same time, like, nah, bro, that, that, that ain't it. Frozen like Elsa ain't it. But. He tried. I, I'm not gonna. Uh, you gotta stop giving out these yes. these, these uh what 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 did they say like uh, participation trophies it's is not, for minor league coaches? Like no, see, see, it's not really participation. Though. You have to have respect for the craft. Where it's like you know, I see where he was going with that. So, nah, man, I'm not gonna just play my man out like that. Like you know. See, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like you comedy niggas because y'all comedy <laughs> niggas, y'all always move the goalposts for people. Like, nah, that th- that was garbage. Nah, I'm not gonna move the goalposts. You you That's always not... move the goalposts. Nah, it's like, oh, you know, I respect what he was trying to do. I yeah. ain't trying to, I ain't trying to put down another comedian. It's like, nah, bro. Like, yeah. you, you you know that was that was garbage. It was okay. I, I guess I give it a three. See, you're just a harsh <laughs> critic, though. To see that, I know I'm probably funnier than you give me credit for. You've been shitting on me all episode. Yeah, I usually laugh at some stuff you say in post production, but I gotta keep you on your toes, man. That's, yeah, I know, that's, I appreciate that's, that. That's, that's that's a part of producing. It's like, so it's dude. like it's like you do have to dare to be great. Yeah. So it's like sometimes you know you get in the you get in the octagon with a guy that maybe you didn't need to get in the octagon with. Sometimes you you say some dumb shit in a promo that's not gonna work. You know, sometimes. You know, everything goes well and you go home with your, with your championship still on your belt, but uh, on your waist. But you know, th- th- this wasn't one of those times, but I don't, I don't think like, you know, you see this a lot when somebody does something where they attempt greatness and then they fail that people immediately want to pile on. And I just think that's corny because like this doesn't discredit, like, you know, the, the, one loss can't discredit everything that you did leading up to the loss. And up to this loss, like, he's been damn near flawless in, in his uh, mixed martial arts career. So I just look at it like, you know, if as long as you take your loss like a like a champ and say, like, look, he just beat me today and eventually I'm going to have to get my get back. You know, you, you take it like the Deontay Wilder route. You know, you keep getting in there with Fury, even though you get your ass whooped every time. It's like, ah, now nah, one of these times I'm going to get you. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, every now and then sometimes you run into a guy that might just be your kryptonite. And I think this this guy, Pereira, might just have his numbers. So, but, uh, you know, we all got a future. So we'll see what happens. So shout out to Adesanya. Shout out to Pereira for getting the win. And uh, shout out to all of you out there that dare to be great because – that's what you're that's what we're here to do. You got dare to be great, just like we're trying to do on this podcast. So we'll catch you next week for our all new episode of The Last Men Pod. And we want to thank you for listening. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, all that shit that my producer wants to stay. And uh we'll be back next week for all new episode.